Due to technical difficulties, we now join Nerds on Ice already in progress. She's still, if her connection is still with us. <laughs> Ruthless Lala, you still there with us? And she might have left the building. There, you might have left. There was a lot of talk. Oh. It was everything, and so like I, I wanted y'all to be able to hear each other before I said something. So this is your comfortability. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This is this is this is what I want to see. This is where you're comfortable at. So go out there and fucking do your shit. I'm gonna be watching. All right, my dude. Go ahead and your shit. Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been like motivational speakings and like getting the boys ready for like their matches and stuff. Like, I can't stop moving you. I'm sorry. Well, see, now it's a good thing that you mentioned that. It's a good thing you mentioned that because you're, you know, you're being, as you mentioned earlier before the show, you're pretty much the only female in this group of guys that you, you know. So not only are you a black woman, you're a black woman. And that shows even more representation. So tell me what that means for you. Man, like, I love it here. Like, I was seeing you guys earlier, like, uh, SWF, uh, Southern Wrestling Federation, in uh, Tullahoma, Tennessee, the Gypsy Jerry. I love it here. Like, I've never been in the locker rooms where so many guys came and, like, talked to me and asked me for advice or asked me to watch their matches. Uh Oh. Signal might be going bad. Give it a second, but... I think right where I saw it, I was like, oh shit. Uh, but like, no, like they have the utmost respect for me. And so for the fact that like they come and ask me, like there's, there's one kid here, his name is Christian Cross. Like he used to watch me wrestle here and he got into wrestling. And here about two weeks ago, um, uh, he was the first belt on him. And like, I couldn't be more proud, you know what I'm saying? Because so far and like, he just keep getting better and like so the fact that so many people so many guys here you know actually wants to hear my opinion and wants me for critiques and wants to ask me to watch their match like i feel honored in itself i hope you heard me oh yeah uh john here's the question i want to throw out to everybody COVID 19 putting a damper on a lot of things you know uh the WWE and and having these certain matches and now they my NXT just canceled one of their major events which was to take place this weekend. John, what does that mean for you know wrestling at least for this year? You know, we're hoping for next year to be a little more open and everything's you know petered out, but what does that mean for not just the representation but just the sports entertainment field and wrestling as a whole? What do you think? Well, that's the that's the thing. Like, I feel like this show is happening at a per- like my show is happening at a perfect time because COVID with COVID going on there, like the world kind of took a took a break for all. Like, we're gonna slow down and get everything figured out. And then the whole George Floyd thing stuff stuff happened. So it's like now it's kind of force forcing people to realize like, hey, this is what black people have been saying forever. We've having these issues, and like you guys are finally seeing it now because like usually like if, if it wasn't COVID, like let's say something happens to George Floyd, the next day that something else happens, we just completely forget about the George Floyd stuff. But because like all the protests and all the riots and everything, like everyone's kind of took a, took a moment to go, hey. This is a serious issue. We need to focus. We need to try to fix this. So, like, I, mean, I, I, so I announced my show in like June. I was like, well, if I, if I have a show in August, maybe everything like COVID will be whatever. We'll have a handle on it, and I'll be able to have my show like normal. But unfortunately, living in Iowa, COVID's kind of still a big issue. So, I mean, the, the building, the building we're running at hosts five thousand, but we only we only have three hundred because we want to people to be able to spread out as much as they want to, so they don't have to worry about being close to anybody. Mm. Uh, Esperuda. 
Yeah. So I know just where I travel out of, I primarily wrestle out of the Ohio area, but right now I've had to go pretty much all over this, all over the Midwest because Ohio hasn't been able to hold wrestling. Um, so I've been traveling a lot to like the Chicago area to Indiana places that I'm allowed and able to wrestle. And even then, um, you know, it's, it's all socially distanced. It's all spread out. So thankfully, at least there are the precautions that are being taken care of, but um, it's definitely a weird time, you know, on the independent scene because you're used to, you know, trying to pack crowds and trying to get as many people as possible. Whereas to now, you know, you're seeing shows sold out just because the the crowds are limited. So um, I'm seeing a lot of creative promoters. I think that's kind of been a really cool aspect of it is seeing how um, creative everyone has been able to get with outdoor shows, being able to host, uh, you know, the different venues. So it's definitely been different, but surprisingly, you know, like wrestling always has been able to, it's adapted uh, and there's still been a lot of successful promotions that have been able to find ways to make it work. Uh, Rod, Rod Lee. Yeah, well, like they've said, like you've been having to get very with my grandfather and he's like, oh, he's older. So I don't want to bring something back home to him. But like things like, you know, the social distance and the limiting capacity people. I mean, that's the reason I didn't travel to Iowa, you know, limiting the amount of people I, you know, couldn't. Couldn't, I shouldn't have gone. So I'm just doing, you know, the best I can as, you know, time goes on with while still trying to keep myself and my family safe. Ruthless Lala, you with us? She may not be with us. Her uh, phone might have died. <laughs> yeah, very much. So, so, like I said, this was about black representation. Well, just representation of color in, in general uh, in, the, in the wrestling world. What were, who were your heroes? coming up who did you look up to what made you decide to get into the game of wrestling uh let's start since you're on my screen that's we'll start with you yeah so like i mentioned earlier you know the hispanic heritage we have our big idols that we look up to so obviously the big names you've got your eddie guerrero your Rey mysterio uh but actually what was like my biggest draw when i first started watching were actually the mexicals um, which looking back now, like you don't even think about like the overall just cheesiness of having, you know, these three Hispanic wrestlers that are riding their Juan Beers, lawnmowers. Um, you know, as an adult, I look back and I'm like, wow, that's like super fucking stereotypical. Um, but, you know, you have Hoovy, you have Psychosis, you have Super Crazy, three of the best, you know, luchadors out at that time and still some of them currently going now. Um, just the sheer antics of it, that's what drove me in. And I always loved watching the Hispanic wrestlers just because, like this mentioned earlier, there's not a lot of representation, especially back then. So when they came out and did their antics and just had fun, like that hit so much more to me. So I loved watching them. I loved, uh, you know, just keeping up on that and being able to, you know, just cheer them on. And for me, that was kind of what hit, you know, those Eddie Guerreros, those Mysterios, the Mexicals and wanting to continue and just have fun and pursue that passion. So I'd say those five overall were like some of the biggest inspirations for me growing up. Rodley. Well, um, I kind of started watching wrestling back like 2003, 2004. And my number one guy was Shelton Benjamin. I thought he was just the dopest dude in the world. And um, in fact, his match with Shawn Michaels for the, uh, I think it was like for a heavyweight tournament on raw. That's one of the reasons I started watching wrestling. Like I, like that was a dope match. But then I got into guys like um, Booker T, um, Monty Brown over in TNA. Like I was a TNA kid growing up too, so I really liked his stuff. Him and Elix Skipper. Um, 
then you got Ron Simmons. Um, and I was really into Bobby Lashley. Like, I watched the Ruthless Aggression era and seeing this big black dude just destroying people. I was like, I can get down with this. <laughs> so that was... And he's kind of influenced my style in a way because I'm a big black dude and I like destroying people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John? Well, it's, it's funny because, like... I mean, I watched wrestling when I was a kid, but I really I didn't understand what was going on. Like, I didn't really see, you know, I didn't I didn't know how wrestling worked. I just saw I saw dudes throwing each other around. Like when I actually got into wrestling, like started watching it more. Like guys like The Rock, guys like Ahmed Johnson, stuff like that. Like guys like I mean, that's that's what I liked. And then like when when I when I actually started wrestling back in 2009, 2010, I, I started like people started comparing me like to Rufus Hart Jones and like Coco Beware. So I started watching their stuff, and I was like, oh, that's I, I am kind of like that. I mean, I'm I'm a little different now. I think I'm I'm like more close to Keith Lee than anything else because. I'm 300 pounds and I do backflips and front flips and stuff. So, yeah, like guys like oh, Rufus Ardennes, like one like ones that I started watching after I started wrestling. Like even guys like Dusty Rose, who, like say back then, I, I didn't know I didn't know Dusty Rose's character was supposed to be like a, he's like a, a southern black dude pretty much. Like that's that was, that was his gimmick. Like I, I I didn't like like he's like he said I, I didn't know that, but I mean I know that now because I know wrestling more. But back then I, I was like oh, I like that guy. He's, he kind of sounds like me a little bit. I, I didn't know the whole black and white <laughs> thing. And I just knew that Dusty Rose sounds like he he moves like me, sounds like me, you know. Like I, I thought that's what like that. I, I I didn't know that that was like a kind of a racist thing to do. But as as a kid, you don't really know that kind of stuff. You just like you watch it to be entertained. So you mentioned Rodley. You mentioned uh, the Raw era, which I like to really <laughs> entertain myself and call it the Attitude Era, or uh, and the WCW, which was like the NWO era. Where when you seen people like the NOI, you know, or the uh, uh, was it Nation? of destruction when it was the rock and and uh d-lo and yeah all those guys yeah nation of domination you know seeing those and i do believe that was like probably one of the first times like when rock was really starting to show you know yeah uh booger t was doing his thing what did it mean seeing these guys you know come to the forefront you know and of both factions, of both houses of WCW and WW at the time WWF, but now it's not WWE. What did it mean to see these guys come up after seeing them for so many years? You know, like Booker T watching him and his brother as Harlem Heat, and you know now finally he's out on his own doing his thing. What did that look like for you guys? And for Esperuto, what did it look like seeing? It? I, I I look at your mask and I always think of Ray Mysterio. You know, I, I just found him to be engaging you know entertaining to watch because you know he he was like the shortest guy amongst all these people and yet he was handling his business what did it mean to see all these guys come out around that time um well for me it's kind of weird because again i didn't start watching wrestling since like oh four so i started like mm -hmm. kind of getting all these old tapes and stuff like that and that's when i found out about the rock and the Rock is who like, kind of really made me go, man, wrestling is the best thing in the world. Because <laughs> he could like he could really do it all. Like he could like really have these high octane matches. He could just go out there and just be entertaining by talking. Like listening to I still just go around like when I'm at work, I'll put on some YouTube and listen to old rock promos because they're just so entertaining and you just so captivated by everything he says. And just seeing someone like that get their due and like you know, become a five-time, well, I think he's a seven or eight-time uh, WWE champion now. But, like, mm -hmm. and during the Attitude Era, you get, like, the 
the top belt like five times. And it's like just seeing somebody like that, somebody who's so talented, so naturally uh, charismatic, get that do is a really good thing to see because it shows like, oh man, if you're really good, people are going to notice you no matter what. And that's how I feel. Like I just need to keep getting better and people are going to keep noticing me because like no matter what tries to hold me down, I'm going to make it to where I believe I deserve to be. It's Bruno. Yeah. So I'd say on my end, especially with WCW, if you were, you know, Lucha Libre or a certain body type, you were pretty much relegated to the cruiserweight division. And WCW was very adamant that if you were in the cruiserweight division, you weren't going to be contending, you know, for the heavyweight title or um, any of those others, unless you uh, gain, you know, surmountable size. So when they got to the, you know, more modern era where cruiserweights could contend and, you know, there's the opportunity of anyone at any size can compete. That was a huge, uh, you know, I guess just change of pace for me. Cause like I would get used to seeing Ray Mysterio work, the cruiserweights work, the Jamie Nobles work, the Paul London's um, and have these great matches. And then, you know, unfortunately I feel like once Eddie passed, um, he kind of got that, that exposure that, you know, Ray Mysterio was able to do a lot of things that Eddie Guerrero could do as well as these acrobatic things that, uh, you know, a lot of the re- like mainstream wrestling fans may not have been known uh, to seeing. So when he started having those matches, you know, with the Batistas and the Undertakers and the, like, the larger capacity wrestlers, I think it was really nice to see that, you know, the cruiserweight style can work, you know, with larger wrestlers, with the heavyweights and, you know, being able to have him hoist the world heavyweight championship, you know, in honor of Eddie Guerrero uh, after he passed. I think it changed a lot of eyes that, you know, cruiserweight wrestlers can compete with heavyweights, you know, granted, they're not going to muscle them. They're not going to outpower them, but that the speed game in wrestling is, you know, just as, you know, uh, effective as just being able to outmuscle somebody. John. Yeah. Like that's, that's another thing that's funny. Cause like, I mean, I, I don't remember, I don't remember much about the nation of domination, like when they were around, but looking back on it now, I don't get why, why were they the bad guys? Like they were right about everything. That's why it's kind of funny. Like when you like when you watch wrestling like nowadays, like people like Jinder Mahal when he was a we was champion, everything he said was right. Like when he when he, when he speaks in his language, people boo him. Why are you booing him? You're being intolerant. So I think it's kind of yeah. funny that like like say look back on wrestling history now, like a lot of stuff that we think that oh this guy was a bad guy, this guy was a good guy. It's like maybe we should look at that differently. Like, look at Stone Cold. So Cody beat up his boss. Like, I mean, we all have that dream of beat up your boss, but like, he should be the bad guy. <laughs> Stone Cold has been my favorite because of beating up his boss. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, like, he, like he, he should be the bad guy. But that, 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 like, I, I feel like, uh, like, especially nowadays, or like, even like the last couple of years, we live in the age of rebels. Like Star Wars, like, I mean, all the Star Wars, like, there, there is the rebels rebelling against the, the higher power. And I feel like that's why, like a lot of like a lot of wrestling now, we have like, like the cool heels or like the, the guys who want to be, I want to be a badass, you know, this and that. It's like those, like those, technically those are the guys we want to cheer for. It's just that we all live vicariously. We live vicariously still like, okay, like this guy's, he's bucking the system. He wants to be the bad guy. He said no to his boss. I mean, we all want to do that. That's why I think like when we see a wrestler like that, we kind of gravitate towards them. Cause it's like, well, like why, like this, this, this guy can do that. Then why can't I do that? So we, we kind of want to be the rebel a little bit. So what make now going forward, like I said, uh, what's the next step for wrestling? What do you think is the next uh, era? For wrestling uh not not just for for your organization but for the bigger organization like the the nxts you know or the uh the wwe's what do you think would be the next logical step going forward post COVID? <laughs> well I, I think like especially like what what not having fans right now like you can't like people always say oh you listen to what the fans want you know some people say oh wrestling is too predictable like there's nothing wrong with being predictable 
Because like, obviously, like if too many people think it's gonna happen, then maybe it should happen. Like that's nothing wrong with that. I feel like a lot, I feel like a lot of like wrestling, like they try to like, oh, we're gonna have a plot twist. Like you think it's gonna happen, we're gonna we're gonna switch it up. And like, I feel like you kind of you kind of lose fans trust that way. Like like I, I mean, granted, you know you don't want the fans dictating what happens on your show, but you also want to like look, hey, if all the fans, if ninety nine percent of the fans want this, maybe we should give them what they want. Granted, they, they may change their mind down the road, but at least you like you listen to it. Like look look at the Becky Lynch and Kofi thing. Like the fans wanted Becky, the fans wanted Kofi. Like look how look how big that WrestleMania was. I mean, granted, the fans turned on the, the fans turned on Becky, but it's like at least you gave them what they want. Like okay, when you listen to your fans, good things can happen. Like I, but I feel like WWE, they, one of their biggest problems is the fact that they'll say, oh, like, like they right now they have they have like the hurt business, Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Sheldon. I feel like the only reason they're utilizing those guys is because like what, because of what's going on in the world, we have all this racial tension. I feel like that's the only reason why they're even using these guys to the capacity they are because. They want to show, okay, yeah, we we support our, our black wrestlers, we support this and that. But let, let's say well, when COVID's over, let's see if, let's see if they're going to keep that same energy because I don't think they will. What do you think, Rod? Um, it's tricky. I mean, I feel like John really hit the nail on the head with what he said. Like sometimes they just try to do a plot twist for the sake of doing a plot twist. You're like, ah, oh, well, this is what people think is going to happen, so let's do something else. Like, and when it comes to storytelling, which I was always taught that wrestling is supposed to be telling a story that doesn't work. Why would you do that? If you, I understand wanting to have a plot twist. I understand wanting to like say we're going one way, but sow seeds like, oh, something else was happening the whole time. That's good writing, but don't just say, okay, this is the story we're telling. Let's just start telling a different story halfway through. That being said, I really want to see like genuine representation. Because a lot of times when things like this happen, people where the racial tension starts spiking in America, people do a lot of like faux activism where they're like, oh yeah, we, we support this person or we support that person. And then they do it for like five minutes until everyone stops looking. They just and they just go back to what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And like I I like the her business personally. I, I want to see more of it. <laughs> I don't really like the whole retribution thing. I think that's really weird, and I don't know where they're gonna go with that. I I, I kind of want it to go nowhere, but <laughs> it's one of those things where I just want to see genuine change, and it's not just something that happens overnight, and it's not something that you know is going to be easy to have, like have happen, but you know. With stuff like Black Wrestlers Matter happening and other, like the fact that we're having the conversations we're having having now on like such a large scale, kind of shows that we are moving towards that change. And I just want to see us as a nation keep addressing the elephant in the room and start moving towards making it better. All right, uh, Esperudo, and then we might have a special guest with us. Go ahead, Esperudo. Yeah. So. I, I think you know, on our end with the Hispanic culture, I just want to see a lot, I guess, a, a lot more of just the possibility of a mainstream champion. Like I said, it's been since Eddie Guerrero, which was back in 2004, 2005 with Rey Mysterio too. Um, but I feel like there hasn't really been that mainstream Hispanic star in quite some time. Like you have your, you have your indie darlings, like the Lucha bros, you know, Phoenix and Pentagon that are doing great things with AEW. Um, you have, ROH, which I honestly think has done a really good job, you know, pushing Roosh and, uh, you know, Bandito uh, and some of the other just Hispanic stars that they're bringing in from the, from Mexico right now.
but I feel like there hasn't really been that mainstream star that, you know, our, our culture can really connect to or resonate. Uh, you know, they brought Rey Mysterio back to WWE, but at some point there's gotta be someone that we look towards the future. And I don't really know when that's going to happen. Uh, you know, everyone kind of saw Andrade come in, they see these different mass wrestlers on the show that, you know, could be the potential future, especially with Legato, the Phantasma right now on NXT, that's, you know, doing big things as a faction. Uh, but I think I'd really like to see just that one, you know, Hispanic wrestler because so many of them are capable. You have, you know, Grand Metalik, who is probably one of the best wrestlers, um, you know, in the world right now that's just kind of back and forth in the tag team title scene, sometimes on TV, sometimes not. Uh, I think I'd just like to have, you know, just someone that we can really get behind and as a culture really push push for and believe just the way Kofi had that, you know, support from the African-American culture. I really want someone that we can all get behind and push towards and, you know, hopefully get the kind of same result. And coming in at the last minute, taking over for Ruthless Lala is Daddy Louie from the Outer Rim. Daddy Louie, what do you think is going on for the post-COVID world of wrestling? What do you think is <laughs> going to happen? Um, so I'm not as involved with, uh, wrestling as these guys are. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, and you know, post COVID, I would just like to see, um, obviously I want to see promotions being able to go uh, back on the road in places that they can't go right now. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big AEW guy. I don't follow the WWE anymore. Um, because AEW did for me, um, what WWE and uh, WCW did back in the day, it made me feel good about wrestling again. And uh, it just kind of came out of nowhere and it just made me feel good about wrestling. And, and another thing that I like about AEW is that um, they have a lot of representation, right? So the very first AEW tag team champions, uh, you know, one of the guys was uh, Scorpio sky who they're now pushing to be a, uh, to be a, um, you know, a title contender. They, he's actually faced, um, I believe he faced John Moxley for It was either John Moxley or Chris Jericho. Uh, but he faced one of those two for the AEW championship last week. Uh, he faced, uh, Cody for the TNT championship. Um, so Scorpio sky is fantastic. Um, they push tag team wrestling hard over in AEW. You got the Lucha brothers, uh, who are just freaking, they're so good. So, so good. Right. Um, and that, you know, they have the first ever, I believe the first ever, uh, transgender, uh, female, uh, who was, uh, just, they just took the title from her recently, but she was, I think the second, uh, women's champion, uh, over on EW. But, uh, to answer your question specifically, I just want to see, uh, post COVID, I just want to see the the promotions being able to go back to what they were doing before, um, especially for me AEW because we were supposed to go in uh, August and then it got canceled. So, yeah, like actually, NXT, actually we were supposed to go in yeah, April and then it got canceled. It got moved to August and now it got pushed to next year. So, uh, they actually just started. I don't know how WWE is doing it, but uh, AEW, I think last week and now this week. Um, tomorrow because their wednesday promotion got pushed to saturday because of the uh, nba finals uh they actually just started having uh fans like socially distanced fans uh you can buy tickets and go for like 30 bucks because they're down in jacksonville florida 
So I don't know if WWE has started. I saw something, saw some memes on Facebook today about WWE putting like virtual fans like up in the state stands and stuff like that. And there were people that were like were replacing all their pictures with like Super Smash Bros. character pictures. So it looks like a giant Super Smash Brothers like character <laughs> selection screen inside the uh, inside the SmackDown <laughs> arena or what? What I don't know what they called it, like the Battle Dome or something like that. SmackDown Dome. Oh man. Well, but guys, yeah, I just want to see that coming back. Yeah. Well, guys, I hate to cut this short, but this is the end of our show. So I, I want to thank our guest. On, I want to thank Daddy Ludi for coming in on the clutch. Uh, thank you for coming on Nerds and Nice and representing our people of color in the sports entertainment field. So are there any last parting words, anything you want to plug? We'll start with Esperudo Maya. Yeah, I just want to, you know, thank you guys one for having me on and um, you know, just want to plug my, you know, Facebook page. If you can look me up as spirit to Maya, I pretty much post every single show, every single promotion that I have going on. Um, you know, just look on there. I've got some new shirts coming out here soon. So keep an eye out for those at the merch table near you. Rodley. Um, just the same thing as Maya. Um, just thanks for, thanks for having me. Um, follow me on Facebook at, uh, Rodley. Um, follow me on Instagram at Otaku Wrestling Dude. And my Twitter is at MC Rodley. And you can find my shirts and everything on ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Rodley. You can get one like this one. I really like Hamilton, if you can't tell. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's all I got. Uh, John. I have my show tomorrow here in Des Moines, Iowa. Like, you can buy the live stream on BlackWrestlingMatter.com. If you, if you plan on attending the show, like, the online ticket sales will go off at 9 o'clock, so you have to get it now. You have about an hour, blackwrestlersmatter.bigcartel.com. I have Pro Wrestling Tees, have Forest Slash, have American Fury, John West, and I think that's pretty much it. Like, I'm doing everything for the culture. I'm trying to make my brand as big as I can get it. Rod, you're a worker. Maybe I'll use you on a show one day. So, never know. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, I knew some people that are going to be on the show tonight, and, you know, I wish you guys luck. Or tomorrow, you. tomorrow. But I wish you guys luck. Thank you. Yeah. Look at that. Nerds on Nights making connections. <laughs> well, everybody, this is Nerds on Nights. Tune in next weekend for the Cosmic Disaster Show when the CDS game discuss Blade Trinity. What does that have to do with wrestling? Tune in next week and find out. You can find Nerds on Nights under Circle of Nerds. And until next time, educate yourself and others, entertain yourself and others, and most of all, empower yourself and others. Tune in next week as we discuss the latest hot topic with more cool nerds. Until then, Chris Fury out. To hear all of our podcasts, look for Circle of Nerds on iTunes, iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. And if you want to see these weirdos in their natural habitat, just look for Circle of Nerds on YouTube and Patreon. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.